Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Life Actually Book Club with me, Rebecca. Today we're going over chapter three of The Mountain of You. I was going to split this up into two episodes, but I'm conscious that I don't know if people want like two longer episodes because they're probably going to be like significantly long or just one episode where I kind of like skim over everything and only dive into certain bits that I feel are really interesting. So I think that's what I'm going to do today. So chapter three, I'm just going to do like one longer episode rather than two deep diving into everything. And I'm just going to dive into like a few, a few little bits. I hope you're having a good Thursday. I'm having a lovely Thursday. The weather's great. It's really starting to feel like spring. I mentioned this in like every podcast I've done in the last week, but it's starting to feel like spring, even though it is a high of three degrees today and it was minus five this morning. And it like, I stepped outside to put stuff in the recycling bin and my knees were literally like frozen by the time I got back in. I don't have the best knees anyway, but they were like, like I put my hand on my jeans to brush like a leaf or something off my jeans. And the the cold like was just unbelievable just from literally being outside for 10 seconds. So it is cold. It is very cold, but I do enjoy the cold. I'm enjoying being nice and cozy. I've got my lovely big leather and oud candle lit. I've got a candle lit in the kitchen and I've got a candle lit in the bedroom. So everything's feeling very like nice and nicely scented and nice and moody and it's nice and sunny outside. It just, you know, it's a nice day. I was working from Gales this morning. It's like lovely and vibey. Just great. I just love London whenever the weather's like this. I love anywhere, to be fair, whenever the weather's like this, but specifically London. Uh, it gets me really excited for the spring. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to diving into this episode. So if you are reading alongside me, I read... The first half of this episode is like... Or this episode, sorry. The first half of this chapter is going over like the different emotions that we feel around that are self-sabotaging basically right and I find it quite similar to the like all the habits that we've really dived into in the previous episode and the previous chapter in chapter two so I'm going to skim over them and then like I said kind of deep dive into the most important things so without further ado let's go chapter three is all about your triggers are the guides to your freedom now that you've begun to identify your self-sabotaging behaviours, you can use them to uncover deeper and more important truths about who you are as a person and what you really want and need out of life. This is an important part of the process because overcoming our self-defeating habits is not just about knowing what they are or why we engage with them. It's also about a better understanding... No. It's also about better understanding what our inherent needs are, what we really desire, and how we can use this as a pivot point to begin building a life that is aligned with who we really are and what we are here to do. Our triggers do not actually exist just to show us where we are storing unresolved pain. In fact, they show us something much deeper. How to interpret negative emotions. Actually, an important sentence I should probably read out before that is, when we can identify why something is triggering us, we can use experience as a catalyst for a release and positive life change. So the author, Brianna, we stick on to say that everybody's triggers are particular to them and what triggers you might not trigger somebody else and what triggers somebody else might not trigger you or it might trigger somebody else more than you know it's and you might be triggered by different points of different things throughout your life as well 
So she lists kind of the most common one and we're going to run through them. So the first one is anger. Anger is a beautiful transformative emotion. It is mischaracterized by its shadow side aggression and therefore we try to resist it. But it's healthy to be angry and anger can also show us important aspects of who we are and what we care about. For example, anger shows us where our boundaries are. Anger also helps us to identify what we find to be unjust. When I was doing The Artist's Way last year, she had this whole section, uh, Julia Cameron, the author of The Artist's Way, had this whole section about anger and how it's actually so helpful. It helps us find our boundaries, it helps us uh, identify what we want to tolerate, what we care about, what we don't care about, and it's actually a really important healthy emotion to feel. Obviously, some people are like chronically angry at the world and maybe that's you. And if it is, have a look at yourself, ask yourself why you're always angry. Like why do you feel anger about everything? Not general misery, but like anger about everything. And if you're somebody that's like really, really, really easily triggered by almost every occurrence in everyday like life, have a look at why that is. Identify what you're actually getting angry at. And if there's like a bigger underlying cause because for most of us there's as we go about our lives there's not that much that we are going to be like angry angry at like for me I sometimes get angry with people and I I don't get pissed off often I've said this a few times right like I don't get really fucked off about things often but when I do I get really annoyed about them like I have kind of like my boundaries are kind of on a spectrum, but see as soon as you pass that like final end of the spectrum and you cross that like final line, like I get really fucked off about things. It's funny because it usually fades after a couple of hours whenever I calm down and then I'm just like, you know what, I will label this person or this situation as X, Y, Z and I will lose, you know, time for them or respect for them like whatever and it helps me readjust my limits and my boundaries for that specific person or situation or whatever it is so anger can be really helpful and can be really useful and is a healthy emotion to just know what you're willing to take and what you're not willing to put up with sadness sadness is a normal and correct response to the loss of something you very much love and it's very it's an emotion that often comes up in the aftermath of a disappointment obviously sadness is natural it's not embarrassing to feel sad it is important because it means that we care um and she says here crying at appropriate times is one of the biggest signs of mental strength as people who are struggling often find it difficult to release their feelings and be vulnerable 100 percent. sometimes you just need a big cry I spoke about this in the last episode as well let it out sadness is healthy guilt guilt tends to affect us more for what we didn't do than what we did. In fact, people who struggle the most with guilt are the people who are not actually guilty of something terrible. People who commit heinous acts tend to not feel much remorse. Guilt is often an emotion we carry from childhood and then project onto current circumstances when we felt as though we were burdens to those around us. Embarrassment is what we feel when we know that we did not behave in a way that we are proud of. Other people can never make us feel as embarrassed as we make ourselves feel. When we do not process the feeling of embarrassment, it tends to turn into something far darker that's very true and a lot of the times it turns into resentment which is one that she talks about in a couple of minutes jealousy jealousy is a cover-up emotion this is very important actually i might read out um, a couple of sentences from this because i did a whole podcast episode on this a few a few years ago god you know what? it actually might have been nearly two years ago about how jealousy is it tells us what we want and again just like um 
feeling there's different levels of jealousy there's jealousy that comes from a place of like badness and resentment and there's jealousy that we can use from a place of actually this can spur me on and this can make me feel like this is what I want in my life and this helps you identify what you want so jealousy is a cover-up emotion it presents as an anger or judgment when in reality it is sadness and self-dissatisfaction if you want to know what you truly want out of life look at the people who you're jealous of no, you may not want exactly what they have, but the feeling that you're experiencing is anger that they are allowing themselves to pursue it while you're not. When we use our jealousy to judge other people's accomplishments, we are sliding into, into its shadow function. When we use our jealousy to show up as what we would like to accomplish, we begin to recognize a self-sabotaging behavior and get ready to commit to what we actually desire. You can think of it this way. When we see someone who has something we really want, but we are suppressing our willingness to pursue it, we must also condemn it in them so we can justify our own course of action. Instead of this, we can see what we'd also like to create. Basically, I like that sentence. Uh, we must also condemn it in them so we can justify our own course of action. If you're jealous of something that somebody has, and you'll be like, oh my God, like she slept with xyz to get to the top you know like she slept her way to the top or oh my god he's so sleazy he is uh you know done bad money deals and blah 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 blah. like these very typical stereotypes and tropes of very often men and women like it's kind of sad but the first ones that came to my head were like oh yeah she slept her way to the top like that is something that throughout history and even now like people think whenever a woman has done really successful in her career and obviously not always not always that that's the case i mean if she slept her way to the top i'm kind of like fair fucking play but most people most women have not slept their way to the top but it's like this trope and this uh stereotype that we have ingrained from us from like movies from tv from media from just sayings in general and actually for most people and it probably comes from other women as well it's like i'm actually really jealous that she was able to climb the corporate ladder and she's really fucking good at her job and it is a way to satisfy your own inaction everything that you haven't done being jealous of somebody else and turning them down is a way to make it easier in yourself that and almost take the moral high ground like oh i didn't have to do xyz and i you know didn't sleep my way to the top or whatever or I didn't meet with him behind his back and blah 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 so I'm a better person than them even though I'm poor dissatisfied unfulfilled and haven't progressed in five years you can take the moral high ground if you're jealous of somebody when in reality what we should be using jealousy for because it's natural emotion there's people I'm jealous of and it's interesting now that I'm older that I'm trying to think like I speak about Amanda Francis quite a lot, but I think it's because she's very open with money and finances and being a very rich woman. And she didn't come from riches at all. She came from like a very lower middle class family in like middle America, right? But she talks about that a lot and how she triggers a lot of people. And when I first came across her, I was kind of like, oof, like, oh, a bit gauche, you know, but oh, in your face, um, a little bit OTT, a little bit too much. And now I fucking love it because it triggered me because it was to do with topics that I was very sensitive about, like to do with finances, to do with money. Like a rich woman triggers a lot of people, especially a rich woman talking very openly about finances because it shows them the parts of themselves that they need to heal, their money stories and everything else. And also 
it shows what's possible for them but they're especially because she didn't come from anything she didn't like she doesn't have generational wealth like she didn't come from that and it's like well if she had that and I don't have that and we both come from similar backgrounds it just kind of shows you what you could be doing but what you're not and it goes for anybody like I don't know TikTok stars YouTubers whatever even like Meghan Markle for example like she went into acting married a prince media came after her obviously it's a very layered situation and there's definitely racism and everything else like coupled into that but so many people hate Meghan Markle because she's gorgeous because she was already established before she met Prince Harry because she was a she is a smart intelligent woman who had a really good career in one of the biggest tv shows of our generation so she's easy to come for because there's so much to be jealous of so what you're jealous of probably highlights where you can take action and it definitely highlights what you actually want from life. Resentment. When we resent people, it is often because they did not live up to the expectation of them that we had in our minds. Resentment in some ways is like a projected regret. Instead of trying to show us what we should change, it seems to want to tell us what other people should change. When we release the ideas we have about who they should be, we can see them for who they are and the role they are meant to play in our lives. Instead of focusing on how they should change, we can focus instead on what we can learn. Regret. Much like jealousy, regret is another way that we show ourselves that we wish we... Let me try that again. Do you know what? Sometimes reading out of a book is really tricky and it reminds me of being in like primary school or secondary school when you would read in front of the class. <laughs> and I feel like I was really good at it in primary school and then in secondary school I just got worse at it because I was stumbling over the words. I don't know why. And I was always a narrator and stuff as well. So I always feel like I should be good at it. Anyway, regret. Much like jealousy, regret is also another way that we show ourselves not what we wish we could have done in the past, but what we absolutely need to create going forward. Didn't travel when you were young? Regret is showing you that you should do it now. Didn't look as nice as you wanted to? Regret is showing you that you should try harder. Made choices that didn't reflect your best self? Regret is showing you that you should make different ones now. Didn't love someone while you had them. Regret is showing you that you, should, that you should appreciate people now. Regret is an interesting one. It actually does show us the action we should take now instead of action that we wish we had have taken in the past. I wish I had worked harder at university. And I always say this and I'm always like, I'm actually looking at my little graduation card my sister got me whenever I graduated now because it's like this beautiful card we have on display. I got a 2-1 in software engineering from Queens in Belfast. And I'm so proud about that. But I know I could have got it first. Like I know I could have got it first if I had worked as hard as I worked in final year in first and second year. I know it. And the fact that I regret not working harder spurs me on to work hard now so that I can create an outcome and a result and a life that I'm really proud of and that I feel satisfied by, you know? Chronic fear. When we cannot stop returning to fearful thoughts, it is not always because there is an actual threat in front of us. Often it's because our internal response systems are underdeveloped or sidelined by trauma. The only way to get over chronic fear is to actually get through it. Instead of trying to battle, resist and avoid what we cannot control, we can learn to simply shrug and say, if it happens, it happens. When we are in full acceptance, fear leaves our consciousness and becomes a non-issue. It is at this point we realise that it always was. And I think what she means there is that it always was a non-issue. Our internal guidance systems whisper until they scream. The things that are bothering you most right now are not external forces trying to torture you for the sake of it. They're your own mind identifying what in your life can be fixed, changed and transformed. 
If you continue to not take action, the siren will only get louder. And if you never learn to listen to it, you will probably just disassociate it from it and then be a victim to it. You already have the answers. You already know what you're here to do. You're here to create everything that would make you happier than you can imagine. It's only a matter of quieting your mind enough so that you can feed all of the unlimited potential that is begging you to be used. Hmm, wow. I really believe in that, you know, that our internal guidance systems whisper until they scream because they do. You can ignore and ignore and ignore a feeling and thoughts in your head and they are just going to continue to circulate for years and years and years and years and then they'll manifest some way in your life in a way that you can't ignore them probably in a not very nice way because they've been like blurting out to you and then you probably just become used to it and accept it as life when if you take action on your desires and if you take action on what you truly want in life even if it's small steps you know it will change your life and it will satiate those needs in you that are crying out for whatever whatever you desire. Though many people are codependent, in fact, will I read? I'm going to read the paragraph before that. Though we live in an age where people tend to tell us that we should be entirely self-sufficient and to want or need another person's presence, validation or company as a sign of self-insufficiency, that is not an accurate portrayal of what it means to be human and it severely overlooks the reality of human nature and connection. Your need to feel validated is valid. Your need to feel the presence of another person is valid. Your need to feel wanted is valid. And your need to feel secure is valid. In the same way, it's also important that we recognize we cannot meet every single one of our needs on our own. Human beings are hardwired for connection to others and to a group. That's why we exist in subsets like communities and families and generally feel ha happiest and most fulfilled when we're doing things that serve the greater good. In other cases, your need to feel financially secure is healthy. It is not always a product of you being greedy or ill-intentioned. Your need to feel validated for the work you do is healthy, and it's not always a product of you being vain. Your need to live in a space and area that you enjoy be being in is healthy, and it is not always a product of being ungrateful for what you have. That's so important. That is so important, you know. I always, I feel like I talk about money for a bit. Like, I don't make it a secret. I desire, right, to be very very well off like I want to be fucking rich like I want to have millions of pounds in my bank account I want that and I say it and whenever I say it people are very like ooh like a bit of a greedy bitch you know like why do you need millions blah 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 because I want the security and freedom that comes with it I want to be able to go wherever I want to go and help whoever I want to help and support the causes that I really care about and stand up about other people with money who are doing bad things and make a difference in the world and I just want like I, I the security of that you know like I come from uh, like my, both my parents were very working class and they created a really beautiful life for us, me and my siblings, um, in a beautiful house that they worked so hard for. And they really ingrained that work ethic into us and the, the knowledge that when you work hard for money, then or more than when you work hard for money but when you work hard money kind of comes to you right or it should come to you but that's not a reality of life in general i just have this thought i'm going to slot in if that was the case if work hard equated to having loads of money then there would be janitors and 
cafe workers and baristas and cleaners and bus drivers and bin men whatever else they would all be millionaires because a lot of them work really fucking hard right personal assistance everything like really 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 hard but a lot of them also get paid minimum wage so hard work doesn't always equate to money like there has to be there's more to it than that right and that was kind of just a bit of a sideline but just putting that out there because it's a thought that I think about often but what my parents did instill in us is that money relieves a lot of worries right it alleviates a lot of concerns a lot of fear and it just makes life simpler in a lot of ways obviously there's this whole thing around if you have more money you have more problems uh, or money doesn't make you happy it doesn't make you happy but let's stop kidding ourselves as a society money makes life simpler in the fact that you don't need to worry about paying your bills you can live in a nice house that you can afford to pay the heating you can help the causes that you care about you can treat the people that love you all these things are really special and important and feeling financially secure is healthy so I just thought I'd say that because I do, like, it's something that matters a lot to me, like, having so much money that I'm, like, you know, maybe people would think it's too much, but I'm like, no, actually, it means I can do whatever I want in life, and it means I can support the people who love me and do whatever they want to do in life. So if you feel like that, or if you just want to make a fuck ton of money and maybe not be a millionaire, that's okay. You're not greedy for that. I just want to put that out there. And you're not ill-intentioned either. And if you want to, like, if you want to get a promotion in work and you don't get the promotion because they're like, oh no, we're not doing promotions this year. Or if you don't get a thank you for working hard and work, like you deserve that thank you. You deserve to be validated. And a lot of the times we do have to validate ourselves. I also did an episode in this last year and it was kind of a weird one because I feel like I went back and forth to myself about validation, but it was the inside into my mind. Like, a lot of the stuff that we want to feel validated for, we can validate ourselves for. But seeking external validation is also okay as long as you validate yourself in the process. Like, it's okay to want a good job from your boss. Like that, I, I went through phases in work where I haven't felt appreciated for the work that I've done. And it's made it really hard. It completely, like, demotivates you. And you do deserve to be thanked and compensated for working hard and for doing a good job. Like that is so important. So it's not vain. It's actually just a human need. And I think that that is completely normal. Moving on. <laughs> Your subconscious mind is trying to communicate with you. Oh, I love everything subconscious mind, honestly. So here the author goes through a lot of different ways that you're self-sabotaging. I'm going to only read out a few. So the first one that I'm going to read out. The way that you're self-sabotaging. Feeling unhappy even if nothing is wrong and really you've got everything you've wanted in life. What your subconscious mind might want you to know. You're probably expecting outside things to make you feel good rather than relying on changing how you think and what you focus on. No outward accomplishment is going to give you a true and lasting sense of inner peace and your discomfort despite your accomplishments is calling your attention to that. Big one. Feeling unhappy, even if nothing's wrong, really, and you've really gotten everything you've wanted in life. It's like when you tick off everything in your vision board and it's like, ooh, what now? Like, what do you do now? It's like me a couple of months ago where I was 
in like I, I had everything like I really this time last year actually um and it went on for like 68 months where I was like okay I got my promotion and work I got a pay rise I'm in a relationship with my boyfriend who I absolutely love and he absolutely loves me I have incredible friends and family I'm doing all the stuff that I love I'm living in London where I always wanted to live and I'm actually not that happy like I just I didn't even describe it as unhappiness because it wasn't like I was sad it's a difference between unhappiness and sadness maybe but looking back I now I describe it as feeling unfulfilled unfulfilled <laughs> and I did I felt so unfulfilled because I ticked off all these things that were important to me and then it was like right what's left because it felt like this gigantic jump between that level and then the next level of my life and I was always like oh okay those goals are coming in the future coming in the future and they are coming in the future and I've reached some of them since which is amazing but also you have to be happy with your life right now you have to look inwards in yourself right now identify what you're not happy with what you are happy with find things that ground you that you're grateful for I also did an episode about this a couple of weeks ago I think it was in like November time where I was at home making dinner for me and my parents in Ireland and I had a glass of wine and I had some music on and I was cutting up some herbs or something on the worktop and I was just like nearly cried because I was just overwhelmed with this like sense of gratitude that I'm so lucky I can do this and I'm so lucky that I have my family and I have my friends and I have people who love me and people who I love and like finding those moments that ground you and those moments of gratitude in daily life will change your life for the better whilst you're trying to create a reality and create a life that you truly love even if you're not that happy with your life right now like you have to turn you have to find gratitude and things to be grateful for in every day to start off with but you also have to look into yourself and try meditation try visualization do like a gratitude meditation or something you've got to find that contentness and fulfillment within yourself and then take baby steps and big leaps whatever feels right to create the reality that you really really want uh next one the way you're self-sabotaging automatically believing what you think and feel is true what your subconscious might what your subconscious mind might want you to know you want to worry because it feels comfortable and therefore safer the more you blindly trust every random thought or feeling that passes through you, the more you're going to be at the whim of what's happening around you. You must learn to steady yourself in clarity, truth and groundedness and to be able to mentally discern between what is helpful and what is not. Another incredibly important one, our beliefs often have a negative bias, which we spoke about before. They often have, well, they're basically, our beliefs are built up from our experiences, okay? So we will continue on the path of our beliefs of our current beliefs and past beliefs and experiences that we've had to give us evidence to support those beliefs unless we actively change those beliefs and actively look for new evidence to support these new beliefs it's not that easy it is simple in practice because anytime you have a negative belief you just have to catch it and be like actually this is my new belief but it takes work to actively do that now i've been working and thinking and reading and learning and diving into everything subconscious mind the law of attraction manifestation all of that for a couple of years now manifestation law of attraction since i was 17 18 and it's really only taken me in the last couple of years to really wrap my head around it and there's still a lot i have to learn about it because we all have these blocks right but 
the blocks that we have are built on our past experiences and built on our past beliefs that created our current reality. So you do genuinely, like, it takes time to rephrase and reframe and relearn new beliefs to get you what you want and to be the beliefs that you want to identify with and you want to have fully, wholeheartedly have faith in. You've just got to catch them and keep practicing it. And it takes years. Like, it's not going to be overnight, but it is relatively simple in practice. It's just about consistency. And it's going to feel difficult because sometimes you're going to be like, oh, why am I still thinking that I'm a broke-ass bitch when actually I need to have this new belief that I am a wealthy woman? Like, you've got to catch them every time, you know? Okay, next, self-sabotaging behaviour. The way that you're self-sabotaging, caring too much about what other people think, what your subconscious mind might want you to know. You're not as happy as you think you are. Dun, dun, dun. The happier you are with something, the less you need other people to be. Instead of wondering whether or not someone else will think you're enough, stop and ask yourself, is my life enough for me? How do you really feel about your life when you aren't looking at it through the eyes of others? <gasps> that one goes deep. How do you really feel about your life when you're not looking at it from the, life, from the eyes of others? That's a really good question. For me, I like my life, you know? That song, I think it's by Cordelia something. It's all over TikTok at the minute. And she goes, I think I like my little life. Uh, with some little guitar strum. Big fan of that. And I've been listening to it a lot recently. And I do like my little life. And I spoke a lot this past week about this feeling of like uprooting. And how... Every so often, like every few days, I have this little thought that's like, let's move here, let's move there. And I'm actually just looking around this flat now and I love it. And I do love this life that I've created for myself and I'm so proud of it. I need to give myself more credit for it. And looking at it through my own eyes and not the eyes of somebody else, I love it as well. And I want more from life. I'm not shy about that. I've never been. But in the meantime, it's about enjoying the journey and I do really enjoy it. That doesn't go for every single aspect of my life. Like there's parts of my life and my attitude and everything else that I'd like to change. But for the majority of it, like I really do enjoy it. And ask yourself if you're like at your, looking through it, looking at your life through your own eyes, are you happy with it? And if you are, fuck what anybody else thinks because like it's just not worth it. I shared a quote to my Instagram. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, so it says the little story that I shared. You'll be caring about being judged by the most regular lame ass humans on earth. Don't do that. And I shared that yesterday. And I really mean it. And it just really hit the home with me. I was like, you know what, bitch? Yes, like, why am I out here fucking caring what these most regular lame ass humans being human beings on earth are thinking? Like, I'm fucking goddess why would i even worry about them why would you even worry about them what are you doing what are you doing thinking about what other people think of you don't waste your time move on completely unrelated but did you know that you can see your activity on instagram because i have no idea you can actually go into settings and then likes comments tags sticker responses reviews archived everything is there i had no idea content you shared wow how do you use instagram time spent 51 minutes daily average. Is that a lot? Is that not that lot? It's a fucking lot more than I was taking a couple of months ago, that's for sure, but a lot less probably than six months ago. So, you know, progress is progress, I guess. <laughs> okay, the next behavior. 
the way you're self-sabotaging, having self-defeating thoughts that hold you back from doing what you want, what your subconscious mind might want you to know. Being mean to yourself first will not make it hurt less if other people judge you or reject you, though that is why you're using this defense mechanism. What could someone else's judgment realistically do to your life? Honestly, it could stop you from pursuing your dreams, ambitions and personal happiness. And that's exactly what you're doing when you stay fixated in those damaging ideas. It's time to get out of your own way. Seriously though, get the fuck out of your own way. Get the fuck out of your own way. I cannot stress this enough. Get the fuck out of your own way. I feel like I'm getting out of my own way. See, in all seriousness, if I was like, that was me pushing myself out of my own way. Like if I'm a big mountain and I'm just like, oh, I shove and got Rebecca out of my way. The things that I would have accomplished by now, 10, 100 times what I've already accomplished. And I'm pretty shocked with a lot of my accomplishments so far in life. Like, get out of your own way. Just, I mean, aren't we all tired? Aren't we all tired of using up that energy, being in our own way? Are you not tired? I'm tired. Like, 2024 is really the year of growth. But also, more than that, it's the year of getting the fuck out of my own way. Like, I don't even, I have this visualization in my head where I'm just like, I am the mountain. Like, I, I see the mountain in the front of this book. It's like a little gold and black mountain. Like, I can see that, but it's me. Like, it's my face <laughs> in the shape of the mountain. I don't know. And I'm just like, get the fuck. Like, off you go, on your way, on your bike, as we say at home. Like, actually, way and jump. Get out. Get out. She's so annoying, this little person in my way. And I don't want her in my way anymore. So fuck you, go get out of the way. And you need to have that conversation with yourself as well. Because I feel oddly empowered having just said all that. I am getting out of my way. Way and fuck, past Rebecca. I know you're trying to protect me, but you don't need to. It's okay, I will protect myself. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so the next kind of section of chapter three, how to follow your gut without getting scared of your future. This is actually a really interesting few pages and one that I was kind of like, ooh, I never thought about this before, but it's actually very true. One of the most essential... Let me try that again. One of the most essential tenets of modern wisdom is the idea that deep down, you know the truth about everything in your life and by extension, your future. The idea is that you are an oracle onto yourself and your feelings are apertures into not only what's happening now, but what's going to happen. I do believe this to a certain extent in that in terms of, mm, I mean, I wrote this down, but I don't know how relevant it is. I wrote down like divine desires. So I believe that everything that we desire from life and everything that we have is placed in our bodies and our minds and our souls and our spirits for a reason, right? Like, by God, by the universe, by chance, whatever it is. And we are not given a dream without also being given the means to achieve that dream. That is so true. It's a quote from somebody, I don't remember who, maybe Walt Disney, but it is like so accurate. I have a lot of goals and a lot of desires and I know I'm gonna fulfill them all. And there was a point in my life where I was like, I'll fulfill that, you know, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll, you know, start saying whenever I'm like 80 and my grandkids will, you know, hear me saying, fuck that shit. See that Rebecca, I was just being like, get the fuck out of my way. Like, honestly, that's her trying to protect me again because it's putting yourself out there. It's getting in the way. It's getting in other people's way. Like in, you know, making yourself uncomfortable. And it's 
important, but like, actually, just whilst we're talking about this, a real low for me last year, I think it was in the summer, and I was having this like couple of week period where I was thinking about my creative goals and how I, I always knew that my business dreams would come true and they will, I'm working on them. But there were a lot of other career dreams that I have and I was just kind of like picturing myself being a really old granny and none of them coming true. And just like, oh, this is so dramatic. <gasps> Wouldn't be like me, but I was picturing myself just like lying in my coffin and being like, looking back at everything I didn't accomplish. It was like future regret. And I was honestly like, no, this, uh, 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 not in this lifetime. I'm not doing that shit. Not with everything that we have at our fingertips. I'm not holding myself back. And it was a real low point because I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to give up on these dreams. Like as if, how dare I? Because they're really unrealistic and they're probably not going to happen for me. Like me, imagine me having those thoughts. It's just fucking wild. And it made me so sad. And then I started The Artist Way and I was like, actually, fuck this shit. I can do everything. And now it's been like six to eight months and I feel a lot better. And I'm going after all my dreams and I'm achieving them. And I might not achieve them all overnight, but I'm achieving them all anyway. And it's just really good fun. And I'm doing it all simultaneously, but also kind of not. But it just feels better because there's no timelines on life. I've decided as well, like when I achieve them doesn't matter, but I know I'm going to achieve them relatively soon and then my dreams will continue to grow. And it's just exciting. This like, like part of my life right now. And I hope yours is exciting as well. That was a little tangent, basically to say, I believe now, and I kind of have always believed this, but sometimes we forget, like we forget our uh, positive beliefs because we get into a bit of a rut. So we aren't given desires without the means to achieve them as well. Now, this whole thing about the fact that deep down we know the truth about everything in our life and by extension the future, I do think that we, like, I do think you can trust gut feelings to a certain extent, but what we're about to talk about is the fact that, uh, I'll just read it actually, there's a significant amount of research that proves that interconnectedness of our brains and bodies explaining why when we have a gut feeling or an instinct that perceives logic it is often correct and that's actually because our gut is like a second brain i'm really really interested in gut health because i've had a lot of issues like especially over the last couple of years and it's so fascinating how sensitive our gut is and how just it's almost like it's almost like magic i guess it's just science but we are incredible like our bodies are fucking incredible like when you think about when you think about even getting nervous you know, like when I always remember one specific really nervous time before my A-level, oh no, it must have been my GCSE Spanish oral or my A-level French oral. I remember going into the toilets in school and looking at myself in the mirror and I was like pale white and I felt so sick. You know when you kind of have to do a bit of a nervous poo? Sorry, T.I., but you know, I was kind of like that. And I was so nervous in my tummy, like my whole body felt sick. And then as soon as I did my oral exam it just all went away like that like a click of the fingers it was all gone because it was done so our minds tell our bodies so much tell our gut so much and your gut even though it's intelligent it is not psychic and she has that in like relatively big letters that she doesn't have anywhere else in the book apart from chapter heading so clearly a big message she wants to get across your gut a low intelligent is not psychic 
If you want to tune into yourself more, follow your heart, pursue your passion, find your soul, whatever it is, the first thing that you have to understand is that your gut instinct can only respond to what's happening in the present. If you have an instinct about a future event you're projecting, very, very important. Instinct is not a feeling. You don't have an instinct that you're sad today. Instinct is quickly moving yourself out of harm's way without having to think about it. You have to remember that your feelings, while valid, are often not real. They are not always accurate reflections of reality. They are, however, always accurate reflections of our thoughts. Our thoughts change our feelings. Our thoughts do not change our instincts. What you have naturally, no, what you naturally gravitate toward or away from is your instinct. It's not something you feel or interpret. It's something you naturally do. The point about your feelings while valid are often not real made me think about how often do you, let's say at work, for example, you get like, I have a meeting with your boss and they're in like a bit of a bad mood and you have the feeling, oh my God, this is all about me. Like they're fuming at me. They're actually, I'm going to get fired later today or like an email gets sent out or a message into you know, the work chat, whether it's Teams or Slack or whatever, or an email goes to the company and it says something like very, very, very generic that could literally apply to one of however many thousand employees, right? And you're like, oh my God, this is all about me. Like, I am responsible for this email. I'm responsible for my boss's bad mood. I am responsible for the fact that we had this corporate rude change or whatever. Like, you're you're not. Unless it's very, 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 very specific and you did something like to actually fuck somebody off, like you're probably not, you're not that person, like you're just not that, it's not that dramatic, but we convince ourselves that we are the problem and we convince ourselves that everything's going wrong because of us and it's actually not, like I have had that in work quite a lot, not so much anymore, but like, when was it, a year and a half ago, I remember going through this period of work that was just really fucking hectic and anytime I was talking with my boss and he was in a bad mood I was like this is all my fault when actually I was doing two people's jobs and way more work than I should have been and therefore it actually like I should have been the one in a bad mood but I wasn't I was absorbing any like any energy that I felt that was negative I was like oh my god I am the problem for that not the case at all why do we not do that with positive energy why do we not absorb positive energy and be like oh yeah I'm the reason that everybody got a bonus or I'm the reason that we got to take an extra half day off today or have an early finish or whatever like we don't do that you're more than likely not the problem so don't convince yourself that you are and don't let your gut convince you that you are because it's based on your feelings your instinct doesn't exist to ensure you feel comfortable and ecstatic at all hours of the day. It moves you toward what you're meant to do because it shows you where your interests, skills and desires intersect. Instinct and fear can feel similar. To trust your gut is not to treat it as an oracle. Right decisions create the right feelings. If you were to honestly follow your every impulse, you would be completely stuck, complacent, and possibly dead, or at the very least, in severe trouble. You aren't because your brain is able to intervene and instruct you on in how to make choices that reflect what you want to experience long term. <laughs> so funny when I was reading this, because I always remember this is just 
like <laughs> it happened a few years ago this is just a perfect example of like following every impulse and blaming it on oh yeah i had a gut feeling blah 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 a couple of years ago me and my sister went on a road trip up the north coast of ireland right so i think we went to a mausoleum temple and we were driving back home and we went these like really gorgeous country roads it was spring summertime there the hedgerows were like really really overgrown i was probably driving too fast down this country road and i was maybe doing like 50 60 right and Amy, I was driving and she was in a passenger seat. I never forget this. She had her hand down. I was like waving her hand, you know, in the wind whenever you're driving. And then all of a sudden she just like fucking idiot whenever I think about it now. It's so funny and so stupid. She just stuck her arm like straight out. Like straight out. And we were going 50, 60 down this road that was right beside all these overgrown hedgerows, like thorn bushes basically. Of course, the palm of her hand is basically fucking ripped off. Well, not, it was not extreme. But, like, obviously it hurt. And, a, like, a thorn branch tore the palm of her hand. Because she, we were going 50, 60. She was like, I just wanted to know how I felt. And then she, <laughs> her hand was, like, broken. Not bones-wise, but skin-wise. It was broken. It caused a lot of pain. Because the stupid bitch was like, oh, I want to put my hand out when we're flying down this road to feel the thorn bush. Do not act. Do not act on every impulse. I do this too with hot things. I don't know why. Throughout my life, my daddy always shouts at me for this. I just like touching things, right? Massey shouts at me for this too. Like, if there's something hot, I'm going to poke it. I do not know why I do this. I just have this instinct to like fucking poke it. Maybe not an instinct actually, an impulse to poke it. And then I always get my finger burned. And sometimes you shouldn't poke the hot stove, you know? Do not poke the hot stove because I know I'm going to get burned, but curiosity gets the better of me. Don't follow every single impulse. Honestly, do not do it. You begin experiencing feelings of peace and joy in your life when you condition yourself to take repeated daily actions that facilitate clarity, calmness, healthfulness, and purposefulness, not the other way around. If you want to master your life, you have to organize your feelings. Remember, your brain was built for nature. Your body was designed to survive in the wild. You have an animalistic form trying to navigate a highly civilized modern world. Forgive yourself for having these impulses and at the same time understand that your choices are ultimately yours. You can feel something and not act on it. I'm going to say it again louder for the people at the back. You can feel something and not act on it. Do not act on every single feeling because if you did, you'd probably be dead or really in trouble or anything else. Like We all have feelings that try to sabotage us sometimes, whether it is jealousy resentments you get the urge to like do something saboteur you know don't don't sabotage anybody else and do not sabotage your life either you don't have to act in every feeling when you have a gut instinct about someone it is after interacting with them when you know whether or not a job is right for you it is only after having done it for a while the problem is that we are trying to use our instincts as fortune-telling mechanisms, our brain's creative way of trying to manipulate our body to help us avoid pain and increase pleasure in the future. But that's not what happens. We end up stuck because we are literally trusting every single thing that we feel instead of discerning what's an actual reaction and what is a projection. Identifying the difference between instinct and fear. Understand that your instinct can serve you immensely in the present moment. Your first reaction to something is very often the wisest reaction because your body is using all of the subconscious information you have logged away to inform you about something before your brain has an opportunity to second guess it. 
Overall, your honest gut instinct won't ever frighten you into panic. Your gut is always subtle and gentle, even if it's telling you that something isn't for you. Then we go into like two or three pages of intuitive thoughts, or sorry, intuitive nudges versus intrusive thoughts. There's quite a lot of examples of this. Basically, that's what the three pages are. I'm going to read out just a few quick ones. So she says that intuitive thoughts are calm, intruding thoughts are hectic and fear-inducing. Intuitive thoughts often sound loving, whilst invasive thoughts sound scared. Intuitive thoughts open your mind to other possibilities. Invasive thoughts close your heart and make you feel stuck or condemned. Intuitive thoughts come from the perspective of your best self. Invasive thoughts come from the perspective of your most fearful self. Intuitive thoughts show you how to respond. Invasive thoughts demand that you react. How to start truly meeting your needs. This is ooh, the last page of chapter three. Time and wise, I, we've been on the ball today. We're going to finished in at 55 minutes I reckon which is quite good for a full chapter. So though the term self-care has become an umbrella term that more often refers to behaviours that distract one from the actual problem at hand rather than really taking action to fix the problem at hand, actual self-care is the most fundamental aspect of meeting your own needs. This is really important. This is something that I have come to learn. Discipline's actually really fucking important in self-care and self-love, right? Self-love and self-care I kind of see differently like I feel like self-care is they're obviously the actions you take because you love yourself and to look after yourself self-love is just the feeling of being like just love yourself and then from the place of self-love you take the self-care actions but you've got to be disciplined and for a very long time I was kind of like self-care is letting me myself eat a full pack of MS cookies like the five pack from the bakery I could do that and I would label it, label it as self-care and if I'm being honest sometimes it does come under self-care but a lot of the times it's actually just being greedy and there's no need for it and it doesn't align with my goals it's not healthy and I've got to like have some discipline there self-care is getting up and going to the gym even whenever you don't necessarily feel like it and I'm not super super hard in the gym like I'm quite flexible with it like I always try to move my body at least um like three to five times a week in terms of the gym or a class or something but like there are times when it were Massey and I go to the gym together and we get into the change room and I'm like you know what I'm actually just going to go sit in the sauna for half an hour and read my book because I feel like that's what my body needs especially if I'm on my period or whatever but I don't do that every single time so you need to there needs to be a balance between doing what you feel like doing and doing what you know you have to do so I do think it's a balance and there's not one strict answer for or one strict condition for like everything self-care but discipline is important and you have to take action to fix a problem in your life if you identify it as a problem and self-care is the most fundamental aspect of meeting your own needs you are going to feel far more willing to exercise if you get a good night's sleep. You're going to feel much better about work if you don't sit there with an ongoing backache and instead seek out a professional who can help you with your posture or chiropractic care or massage. You're going to enjoy spending time in your home if your home is organized and meaningful to you. You're going to feel better about yourself each day if you take the time to put yourself together with care. These things are not little things. They are big things. You just can't see it because your, their impact is that you do them every day. Understanding your needs, meeting the ones you're responsible for, and then allowing yourself to show up so others can make the ones can meet the ones you can't do on your own will help you break the self-sabotage cycle and build a healthier, more balanced and fulfilling life. 
And with that, we end chapter three. Chapter four is about building emotional intelligence. So this looks like another hefty chapter. What page did it end on? So it ends on page 135 and we're currently on 103. So we've got like 32 pages there. I haven't started chapter four yet. I'm going to start reading it uh, probably right now, to be honest. Um, I kind of like this layout where rather than diving super, 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 super deep into everything, we just kind of lightly touched on most points. And I think that's quite helpful. Uh, let me know what you prefer in saying that it can also just differ from chapter to chapter. Like there was some stuff here that I didn't necessarily feel we needed to deep dive into, like the emotions and things. Whereas the gut instinct and the second half of the chapter I felt was like a lot easier as well to explore because we haven't explored that as much so far. So that's it. Let me know how you're getting on. Let me know how you're finding it. We're about to dive into chapter four. Um, follow me if you do not on Instagram. It's at Rebecca Kean, R-E-B-K-H-K-A-N-E. I do have my profile on private. I toy with this all the time between going uh, private or public. I had it on public for a long time when I first started the podcast, but now that aspect of my life, I just kind of like to keep a bit more private. But if you do follow me, I will accept you. I, I probably will go public at some point in the in the near future again and um, my stories are really funny not of me doing funny things but I just share really funny random shit that I enjoy and Life Actually the podcast is the podcast Instagram which I'm going to post more on and I'm also going to I do have a TikTok as at Rebecca Kane you can join that as well it might be at Rebecca underscore Kane you know because I did only read on the TikTok like two weeks ago and um, because I deleted it since September and then I needed a recipe so it is at Rebecca underscore Kian on TikTok. And I'm going to start posting on there because like I said, I'm getting the fuck out of my own way. And I want to get this podcast and the messaging and myself in front of as many people as possible. With that in mind, I'd love if you shared with your family or friends or anybody that you find interesting or share on your Instagram or Facebook, tag me. I would absolutely love that. And I think for the podcast book club stuff moving forward I'm going to set up like a group chat in Geneva I think we can do it it's this app that I'm actually in for two other podcasts uh, the wellness cafe and Kenzie Elizabeth um her new podcast is called house guests I think but there it's quite good and it's basically like loads of different groups but you can like chat within like this group that we created that we create for the podcast so we can do that for the book club and just in general if anybody wants to listen to the pod and talk so I might do that and that's it that's everything for now. Thank you for listening. Leave a rating and review if you haven't already. We're about to come in right under 55 minutes, which is great. And have a lovely week. I'll be back with chapter four before the end of the week and then chapter five and six next week. And then in the last couple of days of January, I'll be here with chapter seven. Thank you as always. I hope you're enjoying the book and I will speak to you soon.